little slow today. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Environmental Social Justice. Today we have Miss Tammy McCrossan Orr. She is the Director of Sustainability for LALA, which is the Los Angeles World Airport. And these guys have been the forefront of sustainability with airports for a very long time, initiating a lot of their programs way back in 2017, when most people were trying to figure out what to do. These guys were actually implementing it. So welcome, Tammy. Thank you for coming to ESJ. And um, tell us what you guys are working on. And there's a lot happening at LAX right now. Yeah, thank you so much, Wendy. Um, really nice to be here. Um, really, uh, LAWA, like you said, LAWA has been on the forefront of environmental issues and um, sustainability really since way, way long before my time even. Um, back in the 1990s, LAWA was one of the very first airports uh, to introduce um, alternative fuels to our fleet. Um, so that even in, in the early 90s, LAWA was committed um, to clean fleets um, and really improving air quality. Um, in addition to alternative fuels, um, back in the 90s, LAWA was even a pilot case for um, hydrogen. And for a long time, we had a hydrogen fueling station um, at the airport. Um, and that was kind of before the technology was proven. Um, so we're really happy um, to have played a part in the development of, of, of clean fuels in that way. Um, and, and so many, and just another little historical note, um, and then I'm sure if, if any of you are local to Los Angeles, um, there's been construction going on at the airport, I don't know, for decades. Um, but we are really a leader in clean construction. Um, back in 2004, uh, we adopted a master plan. And as part of that master plan, we committed to uh, clean construction practices um, for these projects. And so that includes um, using the cleanest available um, equipment out there. So that's uh, the diesel equipment that has the, um, uh, we actually pioneered, we helped, we worked with um, the industry and we helped pioneer um, the the things that are now built into diesel equipment to um, to filter out the particulate matter. We pioneered um, putting those um, th that equipment onto construction equipment. Um, and so from there, that technology is now is now built into heavy duty equipment. And so LAWA really was a pioneer in that space. We continue with our clean construction practices um, to this day. Um, that's something that that's a really big thing that that uh, we've been working on. Um, gosh, in 2017, as you mentioned, we adopted our um, uh, sustainable design and construction policy. And that committed the airport um, to, for all new uh, building projects. Um, they must get a minimum of a LEED Silver certification. Um, so that actually was all new building and any significant renovation projects. And so um, right now, LAWA's got well, you know, I haven't done the math because we just recently have a new LEED certified facility, but we had over 2 million square feet of LEED certified facilities. And I'd have to look to see how many um, square feet that um, what was called the mid midfield satellite concourse when it was in construction, but is now 
the West Gates at Tom Bradley International Terminal. That yeah. facility, it's a it's a brand new terminal and in the middle of the airfield at LAX. And that terminal just re received LEED Gold certification. So we're yeah. really, really happy. It's such a great achievement for such a large facility. Um, I actually haven't been into because of COVID. I haven't had a chance to see the finished terminal. I haven't been in since the middle of, of construction, and I can't wait to see it. Um, it it really is a is a a, a leading edge um, design, um, and so many um, sustainability features are built into that project. Um, the energy savings, um, water savings. Um, but also as, as part of serving and being an airport and serving aircraft, um, the designers built into this facility um, features like uh, grid power. So you might have heard of um, at, at the port of Los Angeles, they had a big project where they provide grid power to the ships. So when the ships are at dock, they can use grid power instead of burning um, bunker fuel. This is the same idea for aircraft. So when aircraft are parked at the gate, instead of either burning jet fuel, because they never really turn off the aircraft, they really actually don't like to turn off the aircraft. Um, so even when that aircraft is parked at the gate, that you still need some energy to um, run all of the onboard systems and the air conditioning. And so there's two ways that you can do, well, there's three ways. There's two ways that aren't optimal. Um, one of them is to run your auxiliary power unit and that burns jet fuel to run those systems. So nobody wants to do that, it's expensive. And it's also dirty. Um, they're also um, uh, diesel ground power units. So you can plug into one of these ground power units, but those are running off of diesel. So also not a great solution. Um, but the best solution is um, to at your, um, at your gates where the aircraft park, you can provide grid power and preconditioned air so that those planes can continue running and they can continue to run the air conditioner without burning diesel or jet fuel. And so this facility is equipped with um, ground power and preconditioned air at all of the aircraft parking positions. Um, and another, um, another uh, great feature sort of in this mode of electrification of this new facility, um, they have at least, I believe it's 70, um charging stations for that ground support equipment that services aircraft so this will really help facilitate the transitioning of that ground support equipment so when you when you pull into the gate uh, and you're on the plane if you look out your window what you will see is a ton of vehicles and equipment rushing to this aircraft and these are we call that ground support equipment and that equipment is there's uh, belt loaders and bag tugs um, there's fueling trucks there's uh, um, there's the the food carts there's all kinds of equipment that rushes to service the aircraft and many of uh, many pieces of that equipment can be electrified um, but one of the biggest obstacles to electrifying really anything is having the charging um, at you know where you need it it's one thing if you've got the charging stations you know a mile away where you park your gse um but they really need it at the gate so this facility also is equipped with it 
it was at least 70 charging stations for that ground support equipment. So we really um, hope to see um, an even faster turnover of that GSE to electric because of projects like the midfield satellite or um, the Westgate's at Tom Bradley. Um, and those are just some of the features um, of, of this new terminal. And we're really excited, um, you know, design buildings and design and construction, you know, doing those things sustainably, that can have a huge, huge impact on, um, you know, improving, you know, our emissions profiles, reducing waste. Um, one of the uh, other uh, big parts of our clean construction policy is um, mandated requirements uh, to recycle that uh, construction and demolition debris. Um, our projects regularly um, achieve uh, over 85% of recycling of construction and demolition debris. And in fact, some projects um, exceed 90%. And, and some of the ways that we help facilitate that um, for many of our big projects, we, we actually bring a rock crusher on site. So when they're demolishing whatever was there before, um, they can they uh, it, it's really wonderful. They save so many things. You don't have to truck the material off site and you can use that rock crusher to turn that material into aggregate that you can use on the new facility. Um, and so many of our projects um, have used um, the on-site rock crusher so that avoids all those truck trips and also facilitates the reuse of that construction and demolition debris. Um, so those are just some of the really, uh, really big things that we're really proud of um, at LAX with our construction um, project. I'll just I'll, I'll I'll just give you a little bit of an overview of the rest of the program and then I'll pause because I'm sure you guys have questions but I don't want you to think that we're just focused on construction. Our program um, covers all aspects of airport operations. Um, so that's everything from construction um, to waste uh, to uh, you know emissions from our 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 fleet of vehicles, emissions from people who operate, who come to the airport, either visitors. Um, we have a huge, obviously, ground transportation network. So those shuttles and the taxis and the TNCs. We have a number of programs aimed at um, reducing emissions from those types of operations. Um, we also have a number of programs. Uh, we have an award-winning rideshare program. Um, so we actually uh, regularly see about at least 20% of airport employees participate in some sort of rideshare. Um, but this year, our board um, adopted a mobility strategic plan. And part of that is expanding our rideshare program, which is really just for the LAWA employees. Um, we are a big workforce. We have about 35, 3,600 employees just who work for LAWA. But the people who work at the airport, it's a, probably between 40 and 50,000 people work at LAX. So we're expanding that rideshare program to all of LAX employers and turning that into a transportation management organization. So that's another big piece of our sustainability program. And then of course, energy efficiency and water conservation, um, you know, those are big drivers. Um, so I'll take a pause um, to let you guys ask some questions. Um, and But if don't worry if you don't have questions, um, I've got plenty of things to talk about. Oh, I've got plenty. So 
there's so much there's so much going on um, right in the immediate area. How cohesive are you guys with the um, the metro project that's going on? And I know you're trying to get transportation to some of the stadiums, uh, what have you. Um, there's just a lot going on sustainability-wise just in the immediate area as well. So some of the neighboring product projects, what are you guys doing about it? Oh, yeah. So um, one of our, our signature projects, I spent so much time talking about the West Gates, um, but of course, is the Landside Access Modernization Program. Um, we call that the LAMP program. And that is um, the, the main aspects of LAMP in, um, are a consolidated rental car facility um, out near the 405. And so for that facility, um, we're going to bring together all of the rental car agencies in one location. Um, but also we had to work with Caltrans and of course the city of Los Angeles, because now there'll be a dedicated off ramp um, and an on ramp uh, from the 405 directly into that facility. Um, so that's going to be an incredible improvement. But then the next aspect of the LAMP program is an automated people mover that will connect the Conrack um, to Metro's, uh, to the Crenshaw line that Metro is already building. Um, and then also uh, there'll be two additional, there'll be a uh, stop at an intermodal transportation facility that will be a LAWA facility. And then that train, that people mover will take people into the airport. So this is gonna give, well, so part of that project was a huge coordination with Metro because it wouldn't make, I mean, certainly having the Conrack and, and a train, you know, a, a light rail connection to the airport would be hugely beneficial. Um, but really to get the most out of this, uh, this light rail that we are building, we need to connect it to the regional rail system. We need to connect it to Metro. So for the first time in um, ever, um, LAX will finally be truly connected to the rest of Los Angeles via public transportation. So you'll be able to take the Crenshaw line and you'll have to get onto our automated people mover and get right into the airport. Um, it's it's huge, and and the only way that project made sense was to coordinate with Metro and and one of their big projects. Um, I know that Inglewood is working on a similar project to connect um, their stadiums to also, I believe, to the Crenshaw line using the same type of idea, light rail that services those stadiums and then connects to the regional rail. Um, I haven't looked at the proposed alignment for the Inglewood project, but I think one of our big hopes, um, and, and we work really closely with Inglewood, is that this will also help facilitate employees, getting employees from the communities where they live into the airport. And um, we've done a lot of studies on where do our employees live. So many of the people who work at the airport live within 10 miles of the airport in those communities like Inglewood and Hawthorne and Lenox and giving them exactly giving giving people an opportunity to get to the airport without driving and without having to park um it's going to it's we're going to see so many benefits from that and it's all going to benefit people you no longer have to drive you don't have so many companies make 
their employees pay for parking and parking at the, the employee parking lots at the airport are not those nice ones inside the airport. They're those ones that you see miles from the airport. So you got to go there, you got to park, you got to get on a shuttle. I mean, it it's very inefficient. And I'm sure that, you know, a lot of people will be very happy not to have to do that anymore and pay for it. So speaking of the public transportation side of it, though, so I know you guys have probably definitely done your studies. How do you envision LA as a car culture? There's no way around it. Like, I mean, people do not want to get rid of their cars. And it's like, you know, I'm from the East Coast, from like Boston, D.C. You took the metro everywhere. You took it to the airport. You had your suitcases with you. Do you think that you're, do you have a study shown that you're actually going to see people not driving to the airport, but actually using the public transportation to get there as to kind of offset because I know the carbon and this is a much more greener way to do it. So I'm just trying to figure out if LA is really going to go that route. So certainly our studies have shown, um, you know, in the single digits. So if you think of all the people who come to the airport, um, it's somewhere, it's certainly under 10% of people are going to use this. And it's, it's, I don't know what the recent numbers are, so I, I don't want to uh, misstate that. But it, it, although it is a small percentage of the people who are going to come to the airport, it so many people come to the airport that it will make a difference. And, and that's what our studies um, have shown um, is that people will ride it. Um, we do think it'll be a lot of employees. Um, um, who ride the train that LA is a little resist, you know, people are a little, what I have to carry bags on a train. I have I to change to trains that there's a, there's a hesitancy, but we're hoping um, as, as people um, see the value of this train. So even one of the benefits, even if they don't take Metro to get on our light rail. What um, we will be offering with the LAMP program is an alternate way to access the airport besides driving around the horseshoe, which is, um, I don't know if you've been there recently, but it's, it's constant, it is so congested right now. Um, and pretty much that horseshoe is always congested. So you'll be able to drive and park at one of the intermodal transportation facilities that are off airport and hop on that light rail. Um, the trains will run every, it's a two mile train and the trains are running every five minutes. Um, so P- I'm hoping, you know, and what we think is that people will see how easy it is to take that train into the airport. And then maybe they'll be interested in trying, you know, well, let's see if, you know, I take that Crenshaw line and, you know, it was so easy to park there. Maybe it'd be just as easy to take that Metro, but that's a huge culture shift for the city of Los Angeles. Um, you're going to see more of that from people visiting from other cities that are used to living like that, whether it's New York, Boston, San Francisco, any city that's got a major transportation hub, you're used to it. It's just kind of like, it sucks. It's not fun to be with your bags on a subway. It's just not, but you're used to it, you know? So it's just kind of like, that's just the normal thing. So that was actually a question. It's also adaptation. I mean, when I first lived in Boston and I would take the subway to get to the airport, and that was before they connected the airport to the subway line. There was a shuttle bus in between all of that. Oh, that was, oh, that was fun. Especially that was stuff. really challenging to do. But oh. um, you learn, and you also learn to pack lighter. So when I was a yeah. freshman in college, I had my giant hockey duffel bags. And <laughs> I never learned that lesson. <laughs> Sorry, I like my options when I travel. That's just yeah. the way it is. I never <laughs> packed a bare 
bare bones. <laughs> I mean, I think we are going to see a lot of use of this um, for the Olymp, you know, for these big events that are coming yes. to the city of Los Angeles, the World Cup, yeah. um, the Olympics, and the Paralympics. Oh. So, um, absolutely, that's going to be. I, I think a lot of visitors, you know. Um, for those events are going to use these uh, facilities. So when is Lawa projected to be done? Oh gosh, we're never done. Um, <laughs> we are we the big projects. So the lamp project, the train should go into operation in 2023. Um, the Conrack should be built by then. Um, the ITF West, I think, is actually going to open really soon. Um, so the lamp program will be finished, uh, you know, by 2023. But uh, we'll be immediately starting new projects. So our uh, the next big project for LAX is the Airfield Terminal Modernization Program. Um, that under that program, um, there uh, will be, we will be adding Concourse Zero um, just east of Southwest. So that's on the north side, and um, Terminal Nine. And that's um, on the United, you know, on the other side of the horseshoe, on the south side. That would be the first terminal east of Sepulveda, um, still on the airport. But you know that Sepulveda goes under the airport in that tunnel. This will be the first passenger terminal east of Sepulveda inside the airport. Um, so two big new terminals, some airfield realignment, and then some more roadway work. Um, the lamp project also includes quite a lot of roadway work. Um, we'll be changing the way people get into and out of, of LAX, um, trying to get some of that traffic off of Sepulveda and Century. Um, so if you know you're going to the airport, a more of a dedicated roadway um, into LAX. Um, I love that it's called Terminal Zero. I love Terminal Zero. I know. Well, we had one. So what do you do? It's so sci-fi sounding. Like that sounds kind of like I'm at Terminal Zero. I like know. Me here, give me the drop. <laughs> you know, like it's a spy thing. I'm <laughs> sure they'll come up with some uh, new um, terminology for it. It's actually going to be a concourse, though. And this is this is inside airport uh, <laughs> knowledge. So a concourse is a, a passenger facility that doesn't have an entrance to ground transportation. So you have to go, so you'll have to go through Terminal 1, you'll have to go through Southwest to get to Concourse 0, whereas Terminal 9 will have a direct entrance from the roadway. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be huge. The yeah. work has been so ongoing. I'm actually, the one I'm most intrigued by, I love the, the LAMP project, the people mover, that's going to basically come close to eliminating traffic. I mean, that's kind of the goal is to almost eliminate cars coming into LAX. That's yeah. kind of... It could. Yeah. It's, there's the opportunity if the people will take it. Well, it's definitely going to cut down, that's for sure. Yeah. The amount of people that are, just to even have access to it. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm, the huge structure for the rental cars, but that's, that's the one I'm intrigued to see how that's going to work out. Yeah. Because I'm like, this just, I've seen the aerial photos of it. Like this thing is massive. It's massive. It's one of the largest um, facilities. <laughs> I, I'm personally grateful you guys have consolidated because when I first moved yeah. to LA and I rented a car, getting from the, you know, the terminal to, I didn't know which car facility, get my rental car and then coming back home before my official move, finding the car rental facility get I got so unbelievably lost yeah well, they're all scattered yeah all the they're like within miles radius in any direction 
And I was younger. I hadn't driven a car in seven years. So I was just like, this is this is just overwhelming for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be a huge improvement. Um in in that run and and of course um you know this is a very interesting fact about lax we're the largest origin and destination airport in the world so that means that more people start or or end their journeys at lax than any other airport in the world there are other airports that have seen more passengers um but a lot of those passengers are just um traveling through and to a connecting flight um so that just compounds. Then you take the city of LA and all of our traffic problems, and then you bring in all these people who are starting or ending their trip here. And that just compounds this traffic, um, you know, that can be a traffic nightmare in that, in our, in our, at our airport. Um, and then the whole rental car thing that, that was, I'm sure that was not planned that way. I'm sure there was no planning that went into oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> But what's really cool is like all the work you guys are doing, it really does come down to quality of life items. So whether it's using the recyclable materials on the pro on the project itself to the green initiatives, to trying to figure out a way that people can get out of their cars, it, it really does come down to just quality of life aspects. And so it, it's gonna be interesting to see the long-term effects on how this all plays out on the city as well as LAWA, because I think it's, it, the initiatives are huge. So, the, and which is really impressive to see how it's about looking into the future and how we can, become a leader, a leading, how you guys can become a leader in these realms, which I think is fantastic. The neighborhoods surrounding LAX that are impacted by the mass amount of travel, yeah. people coming in and out, you know, that it would be nice if they got some of their streets back, you know, because people yeah. do park. We yeah. know of a lot of people who park they where they shouldn't and yeah. kind of choke up the streets. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but it, we're a unique airport in that we're surrounded on three sides by, you know, pretty much residential neighborhoods. Um, and it requires a lot of coordination, a lot of listening, a lot of, um, you know, problem solving. And, uh, you know, we, we work with, with all of our neighbors, um, especially on these big projects. Um, you know, we need to do, we can't do these projects without the community support. Um, so yeah, we really, you know, LAMP was huge. Uh, the community really supports the LAMP program. Um, I think a lot of that is like the, the traffic, you know, the hopefully we'll see the traffic improvements in the area um, from these projects. And I do, I mean, since we are coming close to our 30 minute mark, I just wanted to circle back. I love the fact you're one of the first people to talk about hydrogen because mm -hmm. most people forgot about that technology and they only focused on electric. I personally think we need diversification and options everywhere, anywhere we can get our energy from is great. And it's also clean. You know, yeah. we're getting we're getting cleaner with hydrogen. I know a lot of people argue with me on that, but we are working on green hydrogen, which yeah. comes from renewable energy. So I love the fact you guys are focusing on that. You have an EV fleet purchasing program, I believe. Yeah. That's huge. And just as a social justice to bring into the loop, your food donation program. I love the fact that you require any vendor in LAX has to donate unsold food. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, uh, thank you for bringing that up. I want, I'm really happy to talk about, um, that's one of our, our latest initiatives. Um, so that, that's a program that actually started through um, our, our vendors, um, um, HMS Host and Delaware North, they're big concessionaires at airports. And um, they 
HMS hosts in Delaware North had gotten together um, way back in 2012 to work on donating excess food from their concessionaires. Um, and uh, then Lawa, we jumped in um, and partnered with them and tried to help facilitate and bring in more people to the program. Um, but just last year, you know, one of the goals in our sustainability program is to reduce waste and um, focusing on organic, organic waste. There's, um, we've done those waste characterization studies and there's so much organic waste. Um, and there's this, it, it's, it's actually one of the easier stream, waste streams to tackle because for edible food, you, you can donate it. And so that's really, so, um, you know, we worked really closely with our board and our executive management and our concessions team. And, you know, we, we set up a program. We want, we want these concessionaires, they, they've got to participate in a food donation program. And we think that they'll, when they participate, they will see that it actually benefits them as well. They get a tax break, but they also reduce their waste. You know, you have to pay to throw things away. Absolutely. So um, it's just a win-win for every for everybody. So we're really happy to see that program expand. Um, right now, COVID's really thrown a wrench in our progress. Um, we were hoping right now it's just um, prepackaged foods um, that are being donated. Um, um, and and the next step was to work with restaurants to donate um, some of that food um, that cut, you know, that's already prepared food that they serve in restaurants and lounges and to work to get that food, don't excess food donated as well. But with the lounges closing down and the restaurants shutting down, um, we were a little bit slower on that end. But that's a really, you know, if we can tackle the prepackaged food and the prepared food, um, that's that's going to be huge. Um, but then on the back end of that, um, Lawa, um, pre-COVID, we had a partnership with our um, LA Sanitation to take um, food waste, um, most generally back of the house food waste. So all that stuff that happens in the kitchens and all that waste. Um, we partnered with sanitation. They take that organic waste and they have an organic um, digester um, in their system. And they take that waste to their digester and that waste is converted into fuel that they use in their trash trucks. Um, so that's, that, that was a, a pilot program um, that we had going on. Um, we're, that part of our sustainability plan is to continue with that program and expand that to um, all food service and, and really um, get that going again. But it was when it was going, it was very successful. And again, COVID just put a, a real halt to a lot of prepared food. But um, you'll be back. It'll be back. It'll be back. And it's great. And, you know, we've even looked to, you know, is this something can Lawa, you know, maybe we need to bring a digester closer to Lawa. Maybe we need to have our own digester just for the airport. And then we could use the energy at the airport. So there's a lot of great opportunities um, with that organic waste. So really excited to tackle waste. And um, just recently, in addition to the food donation, our board just adopted a ban on single use uh, plastic water bottles. Um, so that, that's really that's really the start of of a big push on um, eliminating single use plastics. Um, and you do have the hydrators on site where you can fill your yeah. own water bottle. Those are all over. Yes. Yeah. So 
you're going to have your water. They're not taking that away. <laughs> not taking the water away. And um, actually we added, we're adding um, 60 station hydration stations. They're working on it right now. And that's a, a partnership with the Los Angeles department of water and power. So they're oh. actually reimbursing us for most of the cost of, of installing these stations. Um, so it was one of their initiatives. They were happy for us. You know, they, they, they want they want to add more hydration stations in public places and the airports are just a perfect place to do that that's perfect i yeah. actually love everything you guys are doing um the waste to energy i actually didn't know that that's fantastic that's yeah most people need to start doing that we have a lot of food waste it generates you know usable fuel we can yeah. rather than just letting it off gas into space harness it yeah it's just such a it's such a huge opportunity um you know, and, and and so hopefully we're we're looking um, also. You know, Hyperion is pretty much across the street from LAX, so um, you know there could be some opportunities as well with Hyperion. Very nice, yeah. Collaboration. We can't. Yeah, exactly. No, we've got a. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, speaking of collaboration and Hyperion and DWP, uh, one of our biggest projects on the water side is um, we're working with um, uh, Hyperion and DWP to bring advanced treated recycled water to the airport. And we already have recycled water um, that we use, but it's um, it's only of the quality that you can use on landscaping. Um, and we do we do use a significant amount of recycled water on our landscaping. Uh, but this uh, uh, partnership with sanitation and DWP, um, sanitation is building an, uh, an uh, advanced treated water facility at Hyperion. They will produce the water there. Um, DWP is building the lines to connect it uh, from Hyperion uh, along Pershing and up through the airport. And we will be able to use that water. Um, um, most of our newer terminals, um, and now it's a requirement, are already piped. Um, they are already dual piped so that when recycled water becomes available, we'll be able to use recycled water in those terminals, not for drinking water, nobody, um, but this is for uses like, like <laughs> yeah, the, the, the toilets and showers and things like that. Um, but also we have a, a central utility plant and that is a co-generation plant. It's really like a big giant air conditioning unit and a heater. <laughs> um, this is the way I think about it. It's, we do produce power from the central utility plant, but that's not the main purpose of the central utility plant. It is heating and cooling, but that plant uses a large amount of water. And we'll be able to use, but that water needs to be high quality. Um, so we've been using potable water in this facility for, for quite a long time. We'll be able to use this uh, water that comes from Hyperion in the central utility plant. And um, th that will just take us uh, in water conservation. We've already done an amazing job at LAX. This will take us to the next level. And I'm um, thanks you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's I'm so excited that it's it's happening. Um, you know, we the as far back as 2013, when we built the, the um, uh, Bradley West, the new international terminal, that terminal is dual piped and can use recycled water. But we haven't had a source of recycled water for that terminal yet. So it's really opening up. And that was it's it's another example of, you know, thinking about the future when we design these buildings. You know, we don't have recycled water now, but we know that it's going to come. That's fantastic. 
Well, thank you so much. Um, I know you're crazy busy and I know you have, you obviously got a lot on your plate. So thank you for giving us this time today. I love everything LAX is doing that Wallawa is doing. Keep moving forward and hopefully maybe in six months you come back for a visit and we can talk. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. I hopefully, I think, you know, with the, the turnaround in air travel and, you know, we've just got to keep beating this pandemic, you know, things we're, we're just, we've got a lot of stuff. We have a lot of things planned and we can't wait to get to it. And I can't wait to get back to LAX because I miss travel. <laughs> I <know>. Seriously. about <laughs> his skin. He's so ready to get on an airplane. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Anywhere. <laughs> Gosh. Well, well, thank, thank you, you guys. So much. You guys Thanks have a wonderful day. And remember, we're here every week. And uh, no shaming, no blaming. Every little bit helps. So just keep moving it forward. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, have a great week, everybody. Oh, she jumped off. All righty. That was good. That, that, yeah, I do remember her. I, I didn't remember the last name before. We're still, it's, it's slow today. Is it I couldn't, on? I, I couldn't remember her. Uh, no. It's still going as live. That's weird. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're recording. I don't know. Um, yeah. It did not go live to LinkedIn today. Oh, it's still live now. Yeah. So you have to cut it when you. That's so weird. Do get it. I hope it. Uh, I'll log off now anyway. Yeah, okay. I'll catch you guys later. I'll play with this. Yeah. Bye.